Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by Otterscotch. Thank you. For more information on how you can support Switchcraft and my other content, visit patreon.com slash run, jump, stomp. Also by Audible. Get two free books when you sign up at runjumpstomp.com slash audible. Hopefully I pronounced this right. I'm not sure if it's Shoemaker or Z Shoemaker, but anyway, they reviewed the show on iTunes. They said, always looking forward to it. I love the format of the show. I subscribe to several Nintendo podcasts and like all of them for different reasons. With Switchcraft, RJS has nailed the release schedule. It is a nice it is nice to get three 30-minute episodes per week because the information covered is always relevant. This is an informative podcast that isn't always about how great Nintendo is. You know, it's funny that you say that because I just got tweeted um, yesterday. Was it yesterday? No, two days ago after I had finished recording the episode uh, where I talked about my in- impressions with Splatfest and... I kind of got some 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 people thought that I was a little too hard on them. Um, I don't know that I was too hard on them. It's just I tended to only talk about the things that bothered me, and I didn't talk about the great things about the game, like that moment-to-moment gameplay. Uh, it was really, really fun playing that Splatfest, and I can't wait to get back to it. I don't want anybody to think that I don't like Splatoon 2. But whenever I'm talking about something on this podcast, I always have to say my full opinion. I'm, I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to always be Nintendo's cheerleader. So if I think that something is not done right, then I feel like it's my, it, it, it's part of my job to point that out. And if I didn't, I feel like that would be disingenuous. So keep in mind, I tend to talk about things on this podcast that I'm excited about. And things that I'm excited about, I tend to be more critical of as well, because the flaws stand out more, especially when Nintendo does some things that are so good, the flaws that they end up with end up real bad. Uh, But anyway, thank you very much, uh, Shoemaker, I'm going to say, uh, for the review. Um, We're still below that five-star average, so if you guys could get out there and give a review, I would really, really appreciate it. It would help a great deal. Um, That being said, let's jump into the news. One quick thing before we jump in on the news. On Tuesday, I was a guest on the Nintendo PowerCast, which is a podcast hosted by N64Josh. If uh, you want to check that out, make sure that you look up that podcast. We had a lot of fun, and the reason I bring it up now is because we recorded it roughly an hour after um, Nintendo Switch Online app had officially, officially, officially come out. So the the app is out now, and I want to talk about it just a little bit. Um, it's currently not really all that functional. There's not much that you can do with it, but that's not a huge surprise seeing as how the game that it's going along with 
is not out until tomorrow. So Friday, uh, we'll, we'll actually get a chance to test this. Now, people who get early copies of stuff, they are able to use it and test things out. But currently, we cannot, the rest of us. Um, that being said, let's let's talk a little bit about it. First off, I like the interface. I think that it's really nice. Uh, I, I really like that we're not going to have a Splatoon 2 app. And then, um, I don't know, uh, uh, shoot, what's, uh, I guess, an ARMS app or a Mario Kart 8 app or a Smash Brothers app. Don't know, Smash Brothers has not been confirmed yet. But we're not going to have a bunch of different apps on our phone. We're just going to have one centralized location where all of that stuff is. I like what we've seen with Splatnet 2, where we can scroll through and see how much you've inked. You can uh, see your stats. You can see who you've played with recently. You can order gear from the Splatnet, so like you can get the shirts and shoes and stuff for your characters in the game. And no, that does not cost real money. At least I'm 99.9% sure that it doesn't. Um, so if you want to check out that stuff, just make sure you you look for it. I just look for Nintendo. It's like the second or third app in the App Store on Apple. And I don't know where it is on the Google Play Store because I haven't loaded up my Android tablet in ages. All right. A um, couple things that I noticed about it. To invite people, you have to be in-game. So it looks like you can't communicate with people when you're not playing, which is... That's kind of a letdown. I mean, I really like Discord because we have constant... And by the way, I have a Discord channel, runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. Uh, we're constantly having conversations in there. And Nintendo, I feel like they're leaving um, Mindshare on the table by not including just messaging straight in the game or, or in the app where I could just send a quick message hey, who wants to play Splatoon 2 when I get done with work? Bam, send it. And then everybody can respond and be like, yeah, I'll be there. Oh, no, I can't. I got to watch the kid or, or whatever it is. I think that that would be really cool if you could do that, even if it wasn't voice chat when you're not playing. But I guess that Nintendo, I mean, you know, to play devil's advocate, while I like the idea of having that, perhaps Nintendo is looking at this and saying, we want to reserve our bandwidth for the people who are playing the games because that way they get the best you get the best experience when you're actually playing a game. And again, that's not an argument that they have made, that's an argument that I'm making for them, so you know, I can see why that would make sense and um hopefully that's the reason that they're doing it. Although some of the reasonings that they I mean, we don't know the reason that Nintendo does anything really. Um other things, there's no landscape mode, uh, so the that sprung to mind immediately when I saw the um, the shoot, what was it? It was a Joy-Con grip that had a, a holder for your cell phone. Well, I've seen a picture of that online, and sure enough, because there's no landscape mode, the voice thing is si like the the app is sideways, which is just silly. It's just silly. Put in landscape mode. I've done a little tiny bit of programming um, in iOS, and adding in landscape mode is not that big of a deal. It's definitely something that is doable, especially by a big company like Nintendo. All right, um, let's let's talk about the writing on the wall here. Let's talk about the big thing. And again. You know, I love Nintendo, and I think Splatoon 2 is fantastic. And I even understand a little bit why they want to go with the cell phone route. 
even though I don't I don't agree with it. I understand it, but I don't agree with it. This app is going to be dead in the water without some updates. Um, and here's the reason why. Your voice turns off if you leave the app for something. So let's say that I am playing a game and between matches, I want to respond to a text that my wife sent me. I, it disconnects me from the voice, so I can't hear what people are talking about. And then, uh, luckily, they did the right thing, and they reconnect you when you go back to the app. You reconnect right where you were. You don't have to rejoin or anything like that. It just reconnects you. But I can't talk to them if I don't have the app open. And not only that, but if you shut off your screen, like if I just lock my phone, like I stay in the app and lock my phone, you lose voice communication. So of all of the things that drain a phone's battery more than anything else, the number one thing is the screen. These screens have high pixel density. They are very bright screens and they are power hungry screens. And the screen will destroy a battery if it's left on for a great length of time. The idea that Nintendo would ship this app and say that you have to have it open the whole time is just ludicrous to me. I can't understand why they would do this. That being said, some people are saying that the app was probably rushed to meet the deadline of Splatoon 2's launch. So maybe this is something that they can implement in the future. I know that Discord does it. I know that Skype does it. I know that my phone call, like when I make a phone call on my phone, the screen doesn't have to stay on. So I know that there's ways to do it. And not just first-party ways. There's third-party companies like Discord and Skype that are doing it as well. And this is the this is the number one problem with the app is that you have to leave it plugged in. Or not plugged in, but on. And if it is on, you better have it plugged in because this thing is power-hungry. All right, It is going to drain your battery fast. I mean, we've run into that issue with, um, gosh, what was the, it was this weird little social media game that Nintendo had. I tried it a little bit and it was a huge battery drain and I can't remember what it is, like Miitopia or Miitomo? I think it was Miitomo. And Nintendo doesn't seem really good at optimizing battery drain on devices that they haven't developed. Uh, So hopefully they figure this out. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that we're we're probably beta testing this app. That's my guess, is we are the beta testers. They're doing a live beta. And man, if they'd have just slapped a beta tag on it, I could probably forgive some of this stuff. But right now we're beta testing it. And I think hopefully soon, sooner would be better than later, hopefully soon uh, you can shut off your phone screen when you're using it. Um, let's talk about some of the good things. I really like... The way that, and I've I've watched a a couple of videos on this. I really like the way that when you are, let's say that you make a group, like you get eight players together that want to play, and then the game starts and then it separates the two teams automatically. I think that's awesome. That's very, very cool. Whereas if I'm using Discord, um, and by the way, we have um, voice channels set up for Discord uh, on my Discord. Um, anyway, moving on. Um, if if I was using Discord, I have to manually say, okay, let's switch. I'm going to go f- from the the general chat over to Team One's chat, and 
you know, somebody else would go from the general chat to Team Two's chat. And then after the match is over, we all go back to the general chat and we laugh at each other about how awesome somebody was with the splat roller and how terrible I was trying to snipe people. I didn't get any kills. How is it that Bill got zero kills? Well, it's because he can't snipe things, guys. Um, I like that the Nintendo app automatically just segregates your team based on uh, what team you're on, and then when it's done, it brings you right back together. I think that's really, really cool. Uh, anyway, what do you guys think of these limitations, and do you think that Nintendo intended for... Boy, say that five times fast. Nintendo intended. Nintendo intended. That's actually not as hard as I thought. Um, but do you guys think that Nintendo intended for the screen to always have to be on? Is that so that you can see who's talking so you can mute them fast enough? Is that so you can quickly reach over and hit the mute button for yourself? Um, again, that's like a privacy issue. If the phone is locked, then I have to push my home button and then get my fingerprint to scan in or type in my password. And then after that, the the app comes up and then I can mute myself. If I need to mute myself quickly, that's kind of a hassle. But I don't think that there's other, how do I say this? That's not something that other consoles, do they have an easy mute button for, like if I'm playing a PS4 and I have uh, voice chat going and I need to mute it real quick, is there an easy one button, bam, and it's muted? I don't know. And I don't know that that's why Nintendo did this. I'm just trying to think of a reason because I just am having trouble coming up with a reason. So if you think you can come up with a reason as to why Nintendo uh, would want us to have our screen on the whole time, please let me know. Who's Kirby? Behind the flabby facade of physical powerhouse. During a recent earnings call with investors, Ubisoft CEO Yves Guillemot, I think I said that right, he said that the firm is going to be announcing more Nintendo Switch games quite soon, which is very cool. Now... What games could they be talking about? Are they talking about a new uh, Assassin's Creed game? Or maybe the new South Park game? Or maybe it's something completely different. We don't know. That being said, I am personally hoping for South Park. I've never played an Assassin's Creed game. I think that they would have a hard time. Like this, The Assassin's Creed games are supposed to be like graphical powerhouses. So I have a hard time picturing that they can bring that to the switch easily again i don't know what engine that they are using for that so maybe if they're using the unity engine it would be easier to do but when you look at south park south park that looks like a no-brainer it looks super easy for them to port there's not uh, horribly um what's the word i'm looking for uh fantastic graphics although it looks just like the cartoon i think that that would be the best bet it was funny, somebody had said, would Nintendo allow a South Park game on their console? They actually had a South Park game on the Nintendo 64, I think, which is kind of crazy to think about that South Park is that old. Now, if and if you don't know what the South Park game is, uh, the first one was uh, The Stick of Truth, and it was a, an RPG, um, turn-based RPG, but very reminiscent of... Um, Mar- Super Mario RPG, where uh, when you're in the turn-based combat, let's say that you, in Mario RPG, you you let's say you're going to attack a, a, a Koopa shell, or a Koopa shell, a turtle guy. What's crap? I can't think of his name. Um, yeah, it's a Koopa. If you're going to attack a Koopa, 
Um, you select your stomp ability, yeah, run, jump, stomp. And Mario runs over there. He jumps up, and right as he's about to stomp, a little flash hits on the screen, and you got to hit a button at the right time. That adds an, uh, a level of interactiveness to the turn-based combat combat that really makes it a lot more fun. Uh, it's funny. I was I was interviewing Aurora Peachy, who is a fantastic Twitch streamer, um, a long time ago, uh, probably seven or eight months ago. I guess that's not that long. But I was interviewing her, and she she said that her first RPG that she ever played was Super Mario RPG, and it's always been her favorite. And then she she learned to play RPGs from that. So then when she went and played Final Fantasy, she was like hitting the buttons. Uh, during the turn-based sequences, and she didn't realize that that wasn't doing anything. Uh, she thought it was kind of silly that they never gave her feedback on whether or not she had hit it at the right time, but she was always hitting that button, and I just found that funny. But I honestly, I think that's one of my favorite battle systems, is having that turn-based combat where you also have to hit a button at the right time. It makes it really fun. And South Park Stick of Truth had that combat. I'm sure that the new South Park game, which has the funniest title ever, uh, South Park, The Fractured Butthole, um, it's a hilarious title. The first one was all about swords and sorcery kind of stuff. This one, it's more about superheroes. And again, it's rated M for mature, but I really hope that they bring it to the Switch. I won't be streaming it because my, my channel is pretty much a PG-13 uh, stream and this is definitely not pg-13 but i will be playing it if they do uh and if they don't bring it to the switch see this is funny because just the idea that south park um the new south park game could be coming to the switch that's enough to get me to want to wait to say you know what i'm gonna hold off i'm not gonna buy the game yet because if it comes out on the switch that's where i want to play it i want to play just about everything that I can on the Switch because being able to take it with me or being able to pick it up and go sit in a different room, that's amazing. It's fantastic. And I absolutely love that about that. And it's kept me so much more engaged with the games that I'm playing because I am not locked to one particular room to play the game. So I don't think I'm going to get South Park unless it comes to the Switch, unless they actually come out and say, by the way, we're not developing this for the Switch. If they did that, then I would probably buy it somewhere else. I know that there's some people that would say, well, I'm not going to buy your game at all then. And I think that's silly. you know. And, and if you disagree with me, that's fine. That's why we have the internet, so we can disagree with people. But you know, I don't want to miss out on a good game just because it doesn't come to the platform of my choice. But... I really hope that we find out one way or the other soon because I really I find this game very intriguing and this of all of the Ubisoft titles that are unannounced for the Switch this is the one that I'm more interested in than anything else which is weird because I'm not even that big a South Park fan. I called the witch doctor he told me what to do he said boogie that means play Dr. Mario on Game Boy or NES. Well, everybody, it looks like Nintendo has filed a brief with the European Union Intellectual Property Office for a Nintendo 64 controller. Now, last time we saw them do something like this was for the Super Nintendo controller, and what did we get announced a year later? 
the Super NES Classic, which is coming later this year, if you are lucky enough to find one. So a lot of people, and myself included, are thinking that maybe, just maybe, next year we'll be getting an N64 Classic, which sounds really cool. I had an N64. I loved my N64, um, even if the controller was really, really weird. Speaking of controllers, let's think about what kind of implications this has. How many controllers do you ship with this thing? The NES Classic came with one controller. The Super Nintendo Classic is going to come with two controllers. Now, the N64 was the first console, as far as I know, to have built-in four-controller support. It didn't come with four controllers, but it had built-in support for four controllers. So, does it come with four controllers? That's a question. I highly doubt that it will. My guess is it's probably going to come with two controllers, and... If we look at the pricing, how much do we think it's going to cost? Well, the NES Classic cost $60, uh, came with 30 games, worked out to be about $2 per game. The Super Nintendo Classic costs $80, comes with 21 games, but the one extra game seems more like a bonus. So it comes with 20 games, which works out to be about $4 a piece. How much do we think the N64 Classic would cost? Probably $100. Um how many games will be on it? Boy, that's tough. I'd say probably between 15 and 20, um, making it more expensive per game. But, you know, it's a newer it's newer games, so I can understand that. And then let's talk about games. Actually, let's, let's not talk about games yet. Let's still focus on the controller for a second. Do we think that they would make any changes to the controller? The stick... So if, if you've never seen it, an N64 controller... Basically, it it was like a it was like a spaceship with wings. It was really weird looking, and it had six face buttons. It had the B button, the A button, and then four little tiny buttons, which were all con- considered the C buttons, which were C up, C left, C down, C right. It also had an L button and an R button, and it also had a Z button, um, which was like a trigger, and. The D-pad was on the left, and in the middle, there was this weird grip. I don't know why I'm explaining this to you guys. You're listening to a Nintendo podcast. You probably know what a Nintendo 64 controller looks like. But there was the grip in the middle that had the actual analog joystick. And that joystick, the texture on it was really, really bad. And it was a very, very thin joystick. And some people complained that it broke too easy. I never had one of mine break, but that's just what people had said. It wasn't the best controller. Um, basically, uh, there were a lot of jokes going around that you had to have three hands to use it. But uh, in reality, the games that they made for the system tended to either use the D-pad or use the analog stick. And they almost never used both. At least I can't think of games that used both. But then again, it's also been many years since I've played a Nintendo 64. So do we think that they will change that? that thumbstick. I don't think that they'll change the overall design of the controller, but that thin, uh, strange, uh, um, strangely textured thumbstick, I almost feel like they'd be better off putting a, a, a more traditional uh, thumbstick in its place that would be just a little bit more comfortable. Now, they didn't make any changes to the Nintendo controller or the Super Nintendo controller, so I doubt that they'll make changes to the N64 controller, but I think that they should. All right, let's talk about what games do we want to see on this thing. 
So I have a list. These are not in any kind of order. These are just the, the ones that I had thought that I would like to see on there. Uh, Mario 64 will definitely be on there. There's no doubt. Uh, Zelda Ocarina of Time. I don't doubt for a moment that that'll be on there. Zelda Majora's Mask probably will also be on there. Uh, on Super Nintendo, we have Mario Kart. On um, Nintendo 64, we have Mario Kart 64. I think that we'll probably see that there. Now, I think that those are the 100% definites. What are some others that I think that we might see or ones that I want to see? I want to see Mario Party. I don't really know which version because I didn't play it when it... I didn't play those games on the Nintendo 64. I didn't play them until the GameCube came out. And I never went back and played the older ones, but I've heard that they're fantastic. And I don't know which one, so let me know which which one, which one Mario Party is the best one. Um, I want Mario Golf. I loved Mario Golf. Uh, Star Fox 64, not because I played it, but because I never played it and I've heard that it's very good. Uh, Donkey Kong 64 I never played. I've heard that's pretty good too. Diddy Kong Racing is another game that I have never played and I want to check out. So uh, right now it seems like I, I want some of these games that I never actually had any experience with. Um, I'd like to see the Star Wars games on the system, but I don't think that we will, uh, especially with the Star Wars license being so um, popular right now. Um you know, LucasArts sold to Disney and then Disney kind of yanked all of the old stuff that used to be canon and got rid of it. Um, these video games are not going to be canon. So will uh, Disney allow those to uh, be re-released? I don't think that they will. If they were, then we probably would have seen Super Star Wars or Super Empire Strikes Back or Super Return of the Jedi on the Super NES Classic, and we didn't. Um I'd like to see Paper Mario, uh, Blast Core. I loved Blast Core. This is one of the games that I, I think I want to see Blast Core on this more than a Mario Party. Just that's my personal opinion. And if you don't know what Blast Core is, it's this weird game. There's a runaway. There's a truck with a nuclear bomb on it that is runaway. It's just driving itself, and it drives in a straight line, and. <laughs> If it runs into a building, uh, the nuke goes off and blows up. This is the most ridiculous thing ever. In order to stop this atrocity from occurring, you have been given a car to drive through the city and crash into the buildings and knock them down and blow them up before the nuclear bomb gets there. So you're you're driving this uh, this faster car. the The nuclear truck drives really really slowly it inches forward and you have to clear a path for this thing um while looking for um oh gosh what would they be like uh not not not, not like power-ups but like secret items and things like that it was really fun it's just a good stupid fun game and i would love to play blast core again um kirby 64 again i've never been a huge fan of kirby games but i know that people like that so i i anticipate we'll probably see Kirby on there. Another game that I don't think that we will see, but I would love to play is a Turok, the dinosaur hunter. I played a lot of that on my Nintendo 64 and you know, I'd like to go back to that game. Although that's, it was really weird. It was a first person shooter. Um, and you controlled the, where you were looking basically with a combination of the C, C buttons and the left joystick there because there was only one analog stick so 
it didn't work very well, but they made some smart choices. Like when you tried to jump between two platforms, the character would look down so that you could see where your feet were going to land. And that made things a lot easier. Um, I don't know how good of a game Turok the Dinosaur Hunter was, but I remember enjoying it a lot. Um, Extreme G is a very cool racing game that I put a lot of hours into. I never actually played F-Zero X, but that's something that I'd like to, to, to play. So I don't think that we would ever get both of those games. So I'm kind of falling on the side of F-Zero X that I would prefer to see that on the game system only because I haven't had any experience with it. Um, for those of you that played both games, which would you rather see on there? And then the the I think the number one game that most people are going to say that they want to see on there is GoldenEye. And I don't see Nintendo able to license the Bond franchise again for um, a classic console. I don't think that's something that's going to happen. So I don't think we're going to get GoldenEye. And even if we did, while GoldenEye was a fun game, I don't think that it would hold up in today because you had to use in order it was a first person shooter and in order to uh play the game in the most optimal way each player had to use two controllers uh so you would have one controller in each hand that would give you two joysticks to use which is cool but like is that something people really want to do today uh in in when when you have so many other options out there, I'm not sure. Uh, I think a lot of people really liked Goldeneye because it kind of spawned a gameplay type that we hadn't really seen on console before, and I think that's the reason it was very popular. Not because it was insanely good, but because there was nothing like it before. So I just hit the mic. Sorry about that. Uh, so. GoldenEye is cool, but is it does it hold up? I mean, I really don't have an answer to that. All right, guys, let's uh let's finish this up. What games do you want to see on the Nintendo 64 Classic? That's if we're even getting one. I think we probably are, but what games do you guys want to see? Uh let me know. Tweet at me uh at runjumpstomp. Uh use the email runjumpstomp at gmail.com. You can give me a phone call, 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. And message me on Discord as well. And, of course, stop by the live stream, twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. Um, real quick before we get out of here, uh, I'm going to lightning round one last thing, and that's that uh, Splatoon 2 has a reversible cover, which is cool. I actually kind of like the, the reversed cover better. It looks like it has a... Um, it has stuff on there for Salmon Run, which I think Salmon Run might be the the mode of the game that I'm most excited for. Um, man, I can't wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow, we're going to be playing some Splatoon. I'm planning on streaming Splatoon 2 tomorrow at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. The only issue is I ordered it from Amazon, so I have to wait for it to arrive. So I don't know when I'm going to start the stream. Anyway, we'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. It's like I forgot to end the show. Um, if you're looking for ways to support the show, make sure that you check out the Doc Socks and zippered pouches that my wife makes uh, at our Etsy page. You can check out the Patreon. We got some new Patreons, patrons uh, just today, in fact. 
Um, and you can use my Amazon affiliate link to buy the things that you're going to buy. And it doesn't cost you anything extra, and I get a cut. Um, head on over to runjumpstomp.com support uh, to find ways to help me produce content like this. Anyway, now I'm out of here, but stick around and listen to the Audible app. Bye-bye. Witchcraft is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the publisher and distributor of the world's largest selection of digital audiobooks and spoken word content. Audible customers can listen anytime and anywhere they like to professionally narrated audiobooks across a wide range of genres, including bestsellers, new releases, sci-fi, romances, classics, and more. Get two free audiobooks to start. After 30 days, if you decide to cancel you get to keep the books. If you decide to stay on, and you probably will, get one book every month for $14.95. In addition, you also get 30% off the price of additional audiobook purchases. Cancel anytime. Your books are yours to keep, even if you cancel. You can sign up today for your free 30-day trial at runjumpstomp.com audible.